You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Uh, happy to have you down here again. It's cold out. Hope, you, hope you're staying warm. Maybe you got a cat or two to cuddle up with. Uh, a cold beverage. You know, in 2017, we were a little light on interviews. We did had some great ones. We uh, we talked to Ab, that's obvious, Aaron Abernathy, Miles Mosley. Uh, I think, uh, who else was in there? Our, our friend Louie. Minx Miracle Medicine, I think that was in 2017, but not as many as we would have liked, and we aim to remedy that in 2018, so we're going to start that right now by talking uh, with, with a gentleman who who I, uh, I, I, I greatly admire uh, his work, his work ethic, uh, his outlook on the world. Uh, talking about Mr. Andrew Grossman, he is the, the leader of a band here in D.C. called The North Country, and uh, we're going to talk a, bit, a little bit about their history coming up but here's what you really need to know a couple years ago they put out an album called there's nothing to fear that was one of my favorite albums of not just that year of any year uh it's a, it's a remarkable achievement and it, and it was uh it was mostly recorded in their basement at the bathtub republic which you can hear us talk about uh so needless to say i was super stoked for the follow-up which hit this year in defense of cosmic altruism and as happens sometimes you know Sometimes you don't feel the follow-up. I'm putting that on me. Uh, eventually, I fell in love with it, but it was it was a different endeavor for a whole lot of reasons. And uh, and Andrew and I have a really frank conversation about that. And but the thing uh, that you should take away just right up front going uh, into that is that when people make art and people make albums and whatnot. It's not a zero-sum game. It's not you either make the best thing ever. Or your shit, and you're over. And and this is one of the things that I admire about Andrew the most is that uh, he understands it's a long game, it's a long work. Uh, you know, as good as as fantastic as there's nothing to fear uh, was uh, that uh, in defense of cosmic altruism wasn't quite that. It's okay. It's a stepping stone onto the next thing. And uh, this this guy's a lifer. And uh, and he has a lot of a lot of wisdom already at, at a young age about how to succeed in an in industry that isn't really um, isn't really supporting artists, <laughs> you know, smaller artists at least. So uh, so that's what we're talking about today, and, and it was fun because I hadn't really sat down with him for a couple of years. We've known each other for a while, and and so uh, so that's your podcast for today. So I would say first of all, uh, if you haven't heard of this artist, uh, look in the show notes. I put links to North Country. Uh, go listen to There's Nothing to Fear and In Defense of Cosmic Altruism and their new EP, uh, Order. Uh, and, uh, and then come back and listen to us sit down and talk about it all, which is what we're going to do now. So let's head on down to the basement, meet my friend Andrew Grossman, and, uh, and solve the mysteries of the universe.
detour, man. Yeah. You want to start there? We just want to talk about art. Let's talk about art. You know, just, let's talk about art. You're an artist, man. <laughs> You're one of my favorite artists. I'm not. I'm not kidding. We haven't seen each other in quite a while. You haven't yeah. been down here. When you were down here, what, like a year and a half ago? Yeah, for, something like that. There's nothing to fear. You uh, get a sip of the beer here. Uh, you put out one of my favorite albums of the decade. Thank you. That is true. And Thank uh, you. and uh, I think busted your ass <laughs> to make to make. <laughs> A new album, yeah. Uh, which I think you know this too wasn't one of my favorite albums yeah. of the decade. But but we're, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that, man. Because look, spoiler, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, we'll say that. But um, so for people who don't know uh, your music, uh, you were part of Bathtub Republic, still are, but you lived in Bathtub Republic. Yeah, uh, put out an album, and and what was the name of the first album? Uh, the first album was called "You Can Never Go Home Again." Right. And then it was There's Nothing to Fear, right. which was... that Was that recorded all at Bathtub? Uh, no, but a lot of it. A lot of it was A lot recorded, of it was. Which was this wild like amalgamation of all these sort of indie rock tropes, folk, and all this stuff yeah. put through the lens of whatever is going on in your head, which we're going to so, try yeah. to figure out, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and and uh, you put together a hell of a band, and you played some of the best shows I've ever seen. I don't accept people doing Radiohead covers, and seeing you stand up, <laughs> right? Seeing yeah. you stand up and do that shit was just like, holy fuck, dude! Uh, it was amazing. And then uh, you, it's sort of winding down. You took it out on tour, and then uh, you're like, maybe I'll get a new band. So let's yeah. start. Let's start there because yeah. that's not the normal influence <laughs> or normal normal thing that somebody would decide. Yeah. But, but, but so, so let's starting with that. What after seeing? Because I think that did pretty well, right? There's nothing to fear. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It had a very, you know, positive, positive reaction from people. Um, I think, uh, well, DC's, DC's kind of a strange place to Indeed. be making music because, um, I think because of the cost of living, yeah. it's prohibitive yeah. for a lot of people to be like musicians full time. Yeah. So you'll have a lot of like people who are really good musicians but are just kind of doing it on the side yeah um and it became clear that the band was not well twofold one it was it was clear that the band at that time was not willing or able to tour to the extent that i wanted to mm -hmm. and also i just had was writing a bunch of stuff that uh, this, a lot of the material that was that was on in defense of cosmic altruism that yeah, which just, is the new album, which is the new yeah. album, which uh, just didn't seem like it was the right fit for for that band. Yeah, for yeah. that band. Um, so I, you know, decided to pursue those songs and find a group of musicians that would you know, be right for those songs. Yeah, I mean, you put together another... I mean, the first band was sort of a group of DC superstars, and yeah. you put together another group of DC yeah. superstars. Nick Dupre, yeah. uh, Leia, is yeah. in, in everything. Yeah. And, uh, Aaron. And, yeah, and, and I mean... And, 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 Aaron Glazer on bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, did you know going into it? Because they are very different songs. Yeah. And I think that's actually when I first listened to it, uh, and, and every just music fan is guilty of this. Like, yeah. you hear the thing, and then you're like... 
I just want more of the thing. Why? Yeah, is this? right, right. Like, and so because I heard it like way early, you sent me an advance. Yeah, thing. yeah, I remember this. And and I was and I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this a lot. And I did. I'm like, I don't. What's going on here? Yeah, I don't. Like, <laughs> Where's the? Where's the? Can I just say how much I appreciate the candor too? Oh, that it's that it's like, I I actually genuinely appreciate that. Well, good, good, yeah. But I mean, that's sort of what we that's what we're here for, yeah, cool. pretty much. Because because those conversations are that's. I look for anybody listening who doesn't know that's how music is created. I think thankfully you pretty much ignored all my advice. Right. <laughs> you didn't really. Uh, I yeah. mean, you you did uh, rearrange the songs a little, but sure, but. Uh, I, I would I would like to think that I had something like two songs that ended up making it on there, which were the piano uh, stuff, uh, Elizabeth, yeah, and the other one you had labeled as uh, sort of B sides and alt yeah. tracks, and that was your best work I think on the album. And when I came back to this album after like six months of not listening to yeah. it, that's what actually made me fall in love with the album because I'm like oh, I'm, I'm like so like I know you a little and I know some yeah. of your process and hearing the difference between the previous album and then hearing this and yeah. hearing how how much that the song craft on the piano which yeah. is something i didn't honestly know you could do yeah i mean did you have you played piano for long or did you just I've, pick it up for this well so uh for so i'm on piano for on uh last curtain call yeah and uh anadonia but nick Dupre is playing piano for the rest mm. for the rest of it um but um yeah, I mean, part, you know, part of the reason I loved living in bathtub was like, I had this great, yeah. you know, piano there that I just yeah. would spend hours on. Um, but yeah, the, the I don't know, in defense of cosmic altruism, I think in my mind was a kind of a collection of experiments. And, it feels like it, yeah, yeah. And I think there, it's uh, it it goes in a lot of places, and it was a. Uh, a giant pain, pain in the ass trying to figure out <laughs> how to put it all together into right. like an album because like you know with uh with uh there's nothing to fear there was uh I think there was like a concept of yeah. like where it was going to go and with cosmic altruism it was just like well let's just try a bunch of shit see what works yeah and and you could tell especially in like the rough mixes that you sent you have and some of these ended up in the uh, Ardor D. Is that the name of the new EP? Ardor EP. Ardor EP. Featuring uh, Ardor in D. Ardor in D. Uh, you know, some of it ended up on there with stuff that was uh, more explicit, like pop music, I think. Yeah. Uh, and just some, some of the more interesting stuff that were great songs, but it, it, what didn't necessarily fit. What ends up on here is a bunch of, a collection of songs that is something that uh, this theme of, I think, uh, Afterlife or some cosmic yeah. altruism yeah. is not something you're a stranger to but yeah. i mean this is even though these are experiments in in that it's it's not experimenting with the themes are you a particularly like uh like a man of faith or are you like what 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 are you exploring here because it's all over your work sure sure um well uh i wouldn't say that i'm a man of faith but i'm certainly not uh i certainly enjoy exploring the big questions sure shall sure. we say um, and what are, what are the big questions what does it all mean <laughs> <laughs> why are all, we it's, here it's all about a kitten chewing on your boot i know right uh, well it makes it worthwhile certainly mm -hmm. but um but also like playing with like with there's nothing to fear i think that album 
sought to be big. Yeah. And I think cosmic altruism sought to be small. Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted to just, like, I, 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 like I had never made a recording with, you know, an instrumental track with six part horns on it. Right. So it was like, well, let's try that out. Yeah. See yeah, what that's yeah, like. Sure. Um, you, you did and, it out at Lighthouse, right? Or yeah. Yeah. Lighthouse with uh, Peter Larkin. Yeah. Um, I mean, to that end, uh, as sophisticated as There's Nothing to Fear was, this is actually, and again, this is what made me like fall in love with the album later, was, like you said, six-part harmonies. Yeah. All these different things that like didn't necessarily feel like, that that level of sophistication isn't as deep. Just it's not. Yeah. It's not indicated that you might go that deep. Yeah. But there's stuff on this album that it almost feels like it exists because you had to do that part of it, and then right. you're like, I have to graft on this song, and we got to right. get something out of it. And it and when it works, it like it like crushes. Yeah. Was that a new mode for you completely, or I mean, is that something you've been thinking about uh, as you've been writing music? Um, I'm not sure I understand what you mean. So if you know artists develop, right? Yeah, yeah. And sure. but some artists have like this this uncanny knack for all of this. And so some artists would be like, Yeah, I always have been able to think in like six part harmonies oh, and okay. then arrange all that and, and make those arrangements. Uh, I just never had the tools to do it. And yeah. then given the tools, but like you said, you were playing this piano in your house. Right, 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 right. So I mean where where is that in your mind when you think about a song now? Uh, are you thinking that big? Are you thinking like cosmic, which is yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, it wasn't like it was more as opposed to like having some grand vision of of like all these layers in my mind. It was like having these kernels of songs, mm-hmm. and like you know, part of the reason I I wanted to record the album with Leia and Aaron and Nick was I thought they had like really good taste and really good musical sensibilities and sure. like good subtle their 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 playing was like subtle mm-hmm. in a way that I thought if I brought these kind of kernels of songs to them they could they could help me realize them right so like from the start they were not realized songs right so was it more collaborative it was yeah it was certainly collaborative and it was more like focused on the process like it was more focused on like let's see where these go yeah you know like intentionally bringing bringing it to them open ended i wonder if being in dc and like you were talking about how there's a lot of people who can't do it full time and, yeah. and and it, and it's a weird town for people who want to do music full time which yeah. you do that now right yeah yeah that that is something that you might only necessarily find here because they're they're not yeah. a lot of them aren't doing the full time so what they're going to bring to it is a little different. I mean, if you have yeah, your day job sure. and then sure. you come to put down piano on that on a weekend, right. so I remember talking to you about this. We're going in the studio for like six hours and we're doing the whole album. But it wasn't. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. But this, it wasn't six yeah. hours. It was way more than. Yeah. Right, but but you were you the schedules you were ses- you, they yeah. were like quick and stuff, and then yeah. you went back and did more stuff on that. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that's the type of thing that only really can happen in in like this kind of environment because yeah, everybody just seemed to like level up on that and right, and create right. something like just beautifully weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think 
well for the for this it was definitely way more than than that amount of, i don't think it was uh an unreasonably short amount of time i think okay it ended up being an unreasonably long amount of time <laughs> <laughs> i wanted it to be a you short, wanted it to be short yeah i want but it but like part way through i was just like oh no this is gonna be right an, an arduous was that your first experience working in a studio like that or not um no, no, no. We did. Uh, we did. You can never go home again in a in a proper oh, studio. Nice. Um, no, I mean the process was a lot of like, um, a pro- was uh, doing a lot of the live rhythm tracks of like drums, bass, guitar, and piano mm. in the studio, and then doing like overdubs on my own or in people's houses or that sort of thing. In people's houses. Yeah, so that, that's the type of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, look, it happens. It happens yeah. in every scene, and it's just like that is that's honestly how it gets done, especially someplace yeah. like here. You know, if somebody... and and for in a lot of ways, it's it's preferable because yeah. like recording technology is so cheap these days. Mm-hmm. Like you can get like the quality that you can get for not that much money yeah. ten years ago. Would I'll, it... I'll show you something after we're we're done yeah. talking that it's and you'll be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of, it's kind of cool, and we've been we've been messing around with it. Um, you know, you said you're looking for the big questions on this, but you're, sure. you're also there's, uh, you know, like back to the song "Oh Elizabeth" and yeah. stuff, and you know that feels like it's sort of a lot of this is maybe a little autobiographical about your sure. relationship with your fiance, sure, uh, which honestly feels a little new, yeah. That that you yep. opened up was that when you were doing that? I mean, first of all, is that why they ended up on the B sides at first? Because, um, I wasn't. I mean, the the process of picking. Uh, picking what went on the album and what what didn't was like so it was like so much just it was like looking into a mirror but like with a microscope (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) to the point where where you're just like i don't even know what i'm looking at anymore yes so i could i couldn't even describe to you what I was doing right, right, <laughs> or so, why anything ended up where because, it because did. I mean you spend all this time with this in your head, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's out there a real thing, and then you have to, and then you're like, people are telling you like, no, you should do this, and yeah, you yeah, should yeah, do yeah. this, and stuff, yeah. and it it does, nece- I think necessarily, it doesn't have to make a, a statement, but it has to come through as a cohesive work. Yeah, like all the parts in, in any good album need to work together so that when you finish it, you're just not like, huh, that was a good couple of songs you're yeah, like, yeah you're like yeah no i, I want to listen to that whole thing again right and, stuff. and right. i think that's something uh you, you seem to have a talent for because Thank you. you know all of your work has been very much like put it on and like yeah okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna take this ride for the next 40 40 minutes or so cool when thank you you are uh you know after working on this and you spent see when did I heard the first mix in like February last year, mm-hmm. and it didn't come out till October. Right, <laughs> so, uh-huh. it was fine. Go on. Uh, well, no, I, I, there's two two avenues I want to talk about with that. I think one of them was what we were just talking about. Like you don't know what you're looking at, right? Right. And yep. and and it's trying to figure out because at some point, and this is the most horrifying point in any project of anything, you have to sit back and say, "All right, it's done." Yeah, and you walk away, right. and it's done for. Even though in your head, like this album is never done, right? It's never ever done, right, right, right. But the other thing is uh, looking at it in a marketplace yes. of when to release the album. Yeah, 
And I know yeah. from talking to our friend Sean, like he put out an album last year. Right. And you guys have had lots of conversations about this. So how mm-hmm. did that go with this particular album? You've got because you got some good looks on the last album, so yeah. people like know like you're out there. They know what to look yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then it's like, hey, well, maybe I don't know how many people you sent it to, but like right. people heard it, and then it's like it's July. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. August. No, totally. So, so what was that like? Well, I think that, um, I think that the album is not. It's not an album where it's immediately apparent what nope. it even is. Nope. And so that makes it, shall we say, difficult for people to market. It's a difficult sell. Yeah. It's a difficult <laughs> sell. Um, so uh, the process of figuring out how to market <laughs> yeah. it, you know, naturally took a while. <laughs> right, right. To figure out what the hell it even is and and how to I forget did you guys it. go through a PR company or did you just sell we went with we went through um I actually hired uh Peter Lillis oh yeah yeah and he I thought he did a really good job yeah secured some some cool press for it and yeah yeah so that's who when when you're thinking about that do you well did you just like how involved do you get in that representation and do you just say hey and here's the album you tell me what you think of this and then go sell it, or do you just like, hey, let's really talk about this? Let's yeah. get into it. Do you include like the band members? Because look, like yeah. Nick and Leia are going to have a different view from you on sure. the album, and so, uh, and they have different experiences in the music industry. Sure, sure. Um, it was mostly me. It was mostly, excuse me. It was mostly just me and Peter, and we had a a, sub, a substantial amount of kind of discussion and meeting about what what the plan should be, what how we should do it and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, uh, another thing, and I'm sad I didn't get to see this, although I might be able to, I don't know. I want to talk about the band that you have now with yeah. it. Yeah. Because the band is different now. For sure. The sure. Um, but I know uh, that was sort of a process, right, of people sort of drifting off into other projects and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, somewhere along the line in the past year, uh, you started using some rock lasers. That, <laughs> and, that is correct. And first of all, more people should use rock lasers in their shit. I I'm, so, so. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, no, I there is a visual aspect to a show. Certainly. Certainly. That is, they're not cheap, but they are one of the cheapest ways to make your shit look sure, cool. Sure, sure. But I know you threw a couple shows that I sadly missed where they were became almost like the center piece yeah. like the garden was one of them yeah. uh where was that there was that was that at uptown that was a dance loft dance loft yeah uh the garden was one of them where you you put and and i think people should understand about bathtub republic it is more like an artist collective it's sure the, it's not just musicians correct i mean correct. it's musicians but it's musicians who do other shit yeah it's a it's a it's a lot of interesting people like one of the things that really i i you know it was it was sad to leave but i actually really like what's going on there now like, yeah Nick and um uh Nick and Mark have kind of taken over the shed in the back and <laughs> turned it into like a a dance performance space and I saw a really great uh production of Dracula in the backyard <laughs> by a theater company like really? are you yeah, serious yeah it was really cool holy shit and it was like something that never would have occurred to me to to do when I was there right um so I think it's great that they've kind of taken this idea and and done it their own way and that it's the the 
the concept is living on in new and well, interesting ways. And, and it's funny what like location will do for that. So I've had this. Uh, we still haven't bought this house that we're in, uh, but I mean, you've seen the backyard. You yeah, see yeah. it's here, and I've had this thing like, you know, what if we built essentially a shed out back, sort of like the shed out back of bathtub, and then open it up, and then spring and summer we can actually host actual shows. Yeah. Not, not like everybody come bring a case of beer, like mm-hmm. get, get the license and and actually do it and make yeah. a space. The bathtub, the new bathtub, which isn't that far from here, yeah. actually sort of has that. Totally. And uh, it's, you know, it's an old house like you have in Brooklyn and stuff, but the backyard is huge, has a fire mm-hmm. pit, and that garage is, like, key to any of that. Totally. And so it's not surprising that somebody like Nick is taking advantage of that. Totally. And doing this stuff. But uh, it is cool to see that people are, like you said, are, are still pushing stuff through there. Totally. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I saw, uh, who was the last one I saw there? Uh, you had Lucy Dacus there. Yeah. Right before shit blew up. Yep. Yep. So for people who are wondering what Bathtub Republic is, yeah. that, that's that's <laughs> how is. cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are. Um, you know, so, uh, but back to the rock lasers. So, yeah, yeah. so you're listening to your album and you know you got to put on these shows. And, and why lasers? Uh, well, it it's for me, it, it was less lasers and more Zach Forrest. Okay. Who is the guy who does the lasers and he. And what's his deal? He is an interesting guy. Okay. Tell, say. tell. Yeah. <laughs> Preach. He, uh, he, he, um, I'm actually going over there tomorrow night to, mm. to see him, but he's, um, he, so we, I met the first time I like really got to know him was I, when I started doing, I played a, a solo synth show. It was like the first time I was doing like a solo synthesizer right. set. And, uh, he did a, uh, I, I saw a performance he did at the paper house where he like <laughs> he projects. Uh, so, okay, this is, it's crazy. He takes using modular synthesizers, he creates sounds and then using a system of, uh, of projecting like the makes like projects, like a graphic representation of those sounds where like the, he projects the waves of the X axis through like right, right, of the right, right channel right. through the x-axis and the left channel is the right. y-axis and it creates this like two-dimensional picture yeah where you like you're seeing the sound as it as the sound shifts and it's this crazy like synesthetic kind of yeah, yeah it's it was incredible it's an incredible performance and so i i booked him to play the the synth show with me and i and like after that we were we were both like hey i like what you do and oh, i like what you do and and so we've kind of just been you know, we've been thinking of ways to collaborate. And so for the album release show, we had him, I was like working with him in like making specific visuals for each song. So like for respectively, desperately, which is like a song about dating. We had like images of like this, like giant floating brain and a giant floating heart. Right. right, You know, right. (laughs) So like represent, you know, uh, I don't know some bullshit or whatever, but it, you know. Anyway, it was like it, it's been great working with him. He's he's a uh, a really interesting mind. Was there possibly any high voltage Kool Aid passed out of these? Yes, <laughs> not to my knowledge. Not to your knowledge. But I mean, that's the type of thing yeah. that you would you would do. It's like yeah. this this idea of high cro- voltage Kool across media. Well, because look what you, what you're doing isn't necess- is isn't just adding. I think a visual aspect to it is necessarily yeah. like. He's his own art. It's not. It's not like he's a lighting guy. Yeah. It's like, dude, 
give me the fish lights. Totally. Let's go. But yeah. he's adding his own thing. And like yeah. it, it out of that, I think, comes an entirely new thing um, that does, unfortunately, get maybe a little difficult to tour with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you guys, I know, then put on a show. At, was it, I think it was St. Stephen's. Yeah. That everybody was like, and I saw photos from it. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was, it, there are very few times because I've gotten old. So getting out, if I'm in, sure. I'm in. Yeah. Very few times I like look at the uh, Instagram. I'm like, fuck. But that was yeah. like, <laughs> God damn it. I fucked. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it was gorgeous. Yeah. It was gorgeous. And I knew the, I knew the music uh, was going to be gorgeous. And I knew, I know yeah. that space. And it was just like, wow, like Andrew is really like yeah. going for it with this, even though I don't, you didn't tour a lot. And you, I think you toured like a duo for a little while and then. Yeah. Yeah. We took, no, we've been touring, uh, off and on in various capacities. So we toured, uh, me and Leia, there was a tour mm. with me, Leia and Austin. And then I did a solo synth tour. And then after this album came out, there was a tour with the, this new, uh, lineup, um, but yeah, and and also, uh, you know, talking about like seeing it on Instagram, mm -hmm. like I saw this, there was like a great exhibit at the Renwick a couple years ago when they, they like reopened. It was like really interesting shit, but it was like all very Instagrammable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sure. and I think that's just like the way it works now. Like yeah, which is fine. Of, yeah, no, totally, it, totally. It, it's fine. I mean, anything to get, and whether or not people came out to your show for lasers or for yeah. music, yeah, you're getting people to engage in yeah. art on a different level, right? And like that, that, that uh, term you use, synesthesia. Yeah, like that's actually, uh, uh, for my money, if if you can achieve, because it's an actual condition. Yeah, right. But sure. if you can achieve that, that's the best way to experience music. Sure, sure. It's very easy to achieve that on, like, say, acid. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, which we're going to get to, your yeah. tour, Sean. So. <laughs> oh, man. We got, we got to, man. We, we haven't talked to it in like a couple oh, years. God. We got to talk about this because it's amazing. <laughs> but um, but if you can get to it uh, without that, that's uh, it, sa it saves you eight hours. Yeah. I'll, I'll, sure. put, I'll put it that way. <laughs> you know, but uh, that is something that like a lot of people, I think, in D.C. have eyes towards and stuff. Yeah. But you don't see it executed too much to see that. Again, knowing you, knowing the band, like it's not at all surprising that you would be the one to be like, "Yeah, we're right. just going to do that." Right. Um, and people are following your lead now. Yeah, I think you see oh, a lot of people doing stuff. Uh, you mentioned the synth. Yeah, and I know that's a little new. Uh, and I also For know me, your friend yeah. Alex has gotten really into like analog synth, and, definitely, I'm, and I'm guessing definitely. that's a little bit where that came from. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, I ha if I must give credit where credit is due, yeah. and he ha for like. A good year, he was like, dude, you got to get into the synth. And I was like, all right, dude, whatever. And then finally, I I bought one and mm -hmm. kind of went down down the rabbit hole. And so in playing that, because in the band, usually you're a guitar player. Correct. Or yeah. used to be. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. New yeah. Uh, what do you find in that as, as a guitar player that is enticing to you? And Yeah. And then, and, and then, actually, I mean, I'm interested. I've I've played synth a lot sure. growing up, but uh, and I go back and forth and which I enjoy a little more. But, sure. But, uh, what what about it for you? Yeah, is, uh, gets you away from the guitar. Yeah. Uh, well, part of it is that I've been playing. I've been playing guitar for so long. Yeah. And I feel like I've I've spent 
hours and hours at a time just like digging into it mm -hmm. and um to a certain extent i feel like i've found what i'm gonna find yeah. in it and with the synths uh it's like a whole new way of thinking about music where it's it's less about notes and it's more about textures like it totally opened totally opened my my eyes to like thinking about music differently whereas before i was thinking about like thinking about creating sequences of notes yeah like like the note was the primary unit of like constructing a song it's where, the note and the next note and how they relate yeah, and like and, and what what they achieve like sure that, yeah sure and like building chords out of yes. notes and building melodies and so on and with like synths like the the fundamental unit of construction isn't the note but like the wave itself right and so like i'm I'm like actively trying in what I'm working on now, like I'm actively trying to constrict my writing to things that are harmonically much simpler, mm -hmm. like much simpler chords and texturally much more interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually really cool. Cause I mean, you, you hint at it on, on uh, cosmic altruism on the say the word. And I think, yeah. is that Alex playing that on there? Or no, that's, not? Me. No, that's me. That's you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it has, as, as a fan of old 70s sci-fi, it has yeah. a very Logan's run feel to it. I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, this is, this is it. <laughs> and it feels like a weird duet between you and Leia. Yeah. Like they're just like, sure. they're on the edge, THX 1138. Yeah. You're right about to open the fucking yeah. hatch. Yeah. Um, but, but it's just, it's something that sounds like that can, it's the only thing that can do that. I think yeah. it holds a place in our history, whether you have explored actually like Moog yeah. or anything like that. You've seen movies because yeah. there was a period where that's all they used. Yeah. They're like, we aren't going to hire an orchestra. Sure. We're going to get like, sure. one of these Moog units yeah. and fucking score this shit up. Yeah. Um, when I, also, I also feel uh, with guitar, like I, I kind of feel like uh, rock and roll mm -hmm. is kind of like... It's right. I feel like rock and roll as a genre has said what it had to say. Let's talk about that because yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah, <laughs> I feel in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, when when I hear a good rock record, I'm yeah. like, that's a good rock record. Sure, but I, but I do think that uh, in in if you take the concept of an infinite well of this happening. Mm -hmm. It does feel weird that it has seemingly dried up. Yep, because infinity can't end, right? Right. But if you look at like instead of rock what's going on in like ambient music if you yeah. look at what's going on in hip hop sure. in soul and all these things that have been music, around yeah, yeah. electronic music everything else it it is demonstrably better yep. than just your favorite like rock totally band. totally and i go back and forth with is this an age thing am mm. i am i like aging into like yeah, like so 2 years ago i really just went hard into jazz mm -hmm. always loved jazz but right. now i'm like in yeah, yeah right and uh -huh. that's an age thing i know uh -huh. that okay um and <laughs> and my lady mocks me for that yeah uh her her she's just about to turn 40 and her uh her version of jazz is like you mean that music is beep boop 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 uh -huh. right uh -huh. um because she's not there yet she'll right. get there sure <laughs> but but uh you know with rock it starts off as this music of youth Right. It's testosterone fueled mostly. Sure. Uh even if it's a female rocker, 
It's emulating right. testosterone fueled. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and some people never let go of that, right? Yeah. But right. But some people, a lot of people do, and it's a question of like, do you look back at it or you just sort of abandon it? And, I, and that's yeah. sort of where I'm at with it because I want the good new rock record. I, yeah. I heard, uh, I think it was like, it was two years ago, uh, the Car Seat Headrest album mm-hmm. was a great rock record. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert, I, I have this new one and it's not a great rock record. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, and it's disappointing because it is like, I get what you're doing. Yeah. But this doesn't, resonate now right so maybe it's even a a function of the time i mean what do you think i so i think that there's just like a certain life cycle to genres Mm -hmm. and like you look at jazz yeah and or even classical music like it started out they both started out as party music yeah like you know like jazz was like dance music when it started out and like Classical music was like you have doing these waltzes in the parlor, yeah. you know, for kings and, and yeah. monarchs or whatever. And then it developed into an art form and then it became esoteric and then it became socially irrelevant. Yeah. And like now with like both of those, both of those genres are legacy genres where like mm-hmm. classical artists and jazz artists now aren't. There's no like new jazz album where it's like he they're changing jazz, you know. It's like Kamasi Washington might disagree. He's doing some good work. He's but, doing but, good, but for your sure. Point is, your point is definitely taken. It's like they're it, they're, they're following a tradition, and there's, yeah. there's not very much there's not very much push to do it. Right. Like that universe has expanded to its limit. Yes, the rules have been codified. Yeah, it's being taught in schools. Yep. you're not going to have something like. You can certainly do inventive things in it, but it's not going to like be earth shattering. Yeah, you know, to people outside of that community. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe you'll get like one crossover hit every now and then. For sure. And I feel like now with rock and roll, it's like, I like the last time I think a rock record had something really compelling to say was OK Computer. That was the last great. I I think that would be a good good argument for yeah, that. I maybe know, I, I know you're a Radiohead fanboy, yeah. but that, I think there's there's a very good argument yeah. for that. Maybe um, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, but yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm more of a Summer Teeth guy, but okay. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's you know when you think about what happened then that did they did a lot of what you're interested in and what you're starting to do now is right. after so it was the bends yeah. Which is, to my mind, like the rock record, the old mm-hmm. school model rock sure. record. Then OK Computer, which is like, what the fuck is even going on? Right, right. And then Kid A, which right. was so radically different. Yeah. And it, it still had rock in its DNA, but right. you, for all the kids and the weirdos who were looking for something more, who weren't either, it could just be geographically, you weren't in a place where you could hear this music. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only people you heard doing it, quite honestly, uh, this is ridiculous to say, but were you too on Zuropa, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, and Octune Baby. They were yeah. pulling in stuff and Bowie, but people weren't listening to those Bowie yeah. records. All of a sudden, their favorite band at that time, the biggest band in the world, is like, takes this hard left yeah. turn. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's borne out over so many years that, like, now even that is getting like, huh. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you even do with that? Right. Um, yeah, I I can't name like you said that, and I'm I'm like scanning back through the years to think of a really great rock record, 
And I can think of like a lot of good ones. I can't think of one that really is like, right. fuck yes. Right. I can think of a lot of great records just that aren't though. Sure. You know, in sure. all different genres. Uh, and, it, and it's, and it's a lot of it is like the musical ideas. Mm-hmm. Like there's no r- new musical ideas in rock anymore. Well, and, and that's also, and, and to, to sort of shave that off a little in indie rock, that's a lot of sure. the problem with indie rock. Grizzly, yeah. Grizzly Bear yeah. grew up, blew up. And do you know how many bands sound like Grizzly Bear? Yeah. Like every totally. single band. Totally. And th- that's a thing. Yeah. Obviously that is a thing that, uh, they hit on some component uh, of people's DNA that just reacts to that. Right. And there's a large number of people that react to that. Right. And it, there's an industry for it now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, to me, that's actually the least interesting stuff going on right now because it is sure. all trying to recapture that. The Radiohead people died out because you saw a whole lot, bunch of Radiohead yeah. clones. I mean, think about it. Coldplay started totally. off as a Radiohead clone. Yeah, totally. But I will stand for uh, the first album, Parachutes, and Rush of Blood to the Head. Oh yeah, those it's great. Are good. It's great songwriting. Those are good albums. Yeah. For sure. After like, that, it gets a little yeah, gets a little yeah, fuzzy. Yeah. Um, Viva La Vida, I thought was good with Brian Eno's help. Did you? But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Touched a so nerve. Tell me there. about this. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. No, I, I, I'm not a huge Brian Eno fan. Really? Oh, I so love. The, I love Eno. Here's the thing. I, I, I respect him, and yeah, yeah. when I hear him, I'm like, that's impeccable. Sure. But I honestly never ever reach for like. I'm not like. I gotta grab that Eno album. Put it. No, on. no, no, no. Sure. Should I? I'm. Uh, there's a couple ambient albums that I think okay. are really cool. There's most of his solo stuff is like kind of hard to swallow sometimes mm-hmm. but i think he really shines in his collaborations um i think that's where he's best as a collaborator mm-hmm. but there's some there's some cool stuff for sure in his in his solo work nice. you definitely have to like navigate it because it's not all yeah, right it's not all good right 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 which is i mean that's what we're sort of doing this year we're sort yeah, of yeah. we're gonna be expanding through collections and just yeah, be like yeah. hey if we're gonna talk about brian Eno, we gotta all get a fucking dive in and spend yeah. like a lot of time with yeah. it because that's uh, that's the way I've talked with uh, Marcus Moore from Bandcamp a lot about this. Mm-hmm. He, uh, just recently about this, when you find something that you really latch onto that's different, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be new, like it just it has to be new to you. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeking out everything that sounds like that, like pull the thread, right? Pull the thread and follow it. What totally? What what else do you have to do with your life? Quite right. honestly, right, 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 right. Like you just pull it and be like, hey. I just found 10 albums I've never heard. I might not even listen to them again, yeah. but at least I experienced that. Totally. And that is going to change the way you think about some stuff. Um, to the jazz point and, yeah. and rock, I, I will say, I think, and I don't know if it qualifies as a rock record, but Colin Stetson is doing some like ridiculous work. Hmm. And in know. a year, he's bouncing back and forth between classical. He covered Gorecki's Third Symphony. Oh, interesting. And, uh, and then he has his whole concept albums which are uh about an island with horses with machine guns fitted on them okay. I, I'm, I'm serious like but this is a guy he plays sax for like arcade fire and bands like okay, that sure uh and then uh he put out a project called xi right uh that is like metal mm-hmm. with sax uh it's literally heavy metal so he's doing something interesting with that jazz and rock yeah but also in doing that jazz and it's something i want to talk with you about because i know I saw you 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 uh, had read an article that um, we may have different opinions on the okay. Liz Pelly article, and Spotify like oh, in, the, okay. in the marketplace and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But 
Well, well, this is the thing. Get get in, in like how you pitched your music yeah, and, yeah. and how just as an artist you pitched your music. Yeah. The people who are making money like as a living, it could be argued, are people who are doing like jazz and classical because they have an actual job. Sure, sure. It's that's. Uh, sure, that's a smaller market, though, and it is a smaller market and because but it's like a legacy, and you have to be in New York, yeah, or L.A. But and, but yeah. you can you have a gig every night, and you make a, right. a great living, right, and, right, and right. you do that stuff. And but like there's there's also it, so many people, so many fewer people are interested in hearing such a thing, and it's in it's I like agree. subsidized by uh, academia, yeah, and I that agree. Sort of thing. I, I agree. It's a totally different market. I agree, and and you're talking about so so the the popular music takes up like a lot of the space so what environment do you think like how do we go about creating an environment where the north country can play once a week in town and then you and yeah. you're out there being a musician because yeah, yeah, what yeah. what we've been doing this for doing this exact thing for six years been doing the site for about eight yeah uh, been playing music for about 40. Sure. So, and what I'm starting to land on is like, like I sort of want to look at a calendar and see, hey, Andrew's playing a show. Yeah. And it's not, as much as I'm interested in that, it's yeah. not just like Andrew's on a synth. Sure. Or Andrew's on like a, a banjo or something. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, that, sure. Because that's, that's awesome and, and that's important to everything, but... But I want to look on a calendar like once a week. Can I go see that person? They are yeah. in my hometown. Sure. This is what this is what this thing is, and it's not even. I, I know there's a, a a a thing in the industry where like you can't saturate your market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is something I don't necessarily agree with. I understand it, but but it's relevant because there's not a support mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, what what do you think needs to happen? And this sort of relates to Liz's article. About Spotify, which right. was about playlists and stuff, but that's that's at a uh, that's a rarefied air level. Sure, what she was talking sure. about. I so like it's interesting. I was working as a personal assistant for a visual artist mm. uh, for for a few months, um, and it was interesting to get a glimpse of that market and just see how she she works and like. Really, like what she's selling, she's selling like she'll be selling a painting for a lot of money, yeah, and she'll be selling a few of them. Yep. Whereas with with uh, with music, you're selling uh, something for a very small amount of money, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You're selling, you know, a song on iTunes, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You download for ninety nine cents. Right. Right. And like a stream is like fractions of a penny. Right. So even like, even if you're going direct to them, sure, it, it, sure. it is. You know, whether you what fraction of that you get depends yeah, yeah. on how shitty your label deal no, is. No, sure, sure. Or if you're independent, it's it's the yeah, shittiest it's still, of all. It's still a fraction. Sure. Yeah. Um so to make it work, it's it's a numbers game. You have to sell quantity. Yeah. You have to sell a lot of it. Um so uh focusing my attention on just DC, I don't think adds up. Like I and and for me, uh like I've played I still enjoy playing shows in DC, but the shows right. that really excite me are the shows in places I've never played before, you right. know, on the road. Um, so, uh, I mean, is is that is that a more artistic, like chasing the art, art, artistic satisfaction of it, uh, and 
hoping that the like capitalist side catches yeah. up, or is that just you, you don't see like there's there's no changing the marketplace here? Like there's no way to there's no, <clears throat> there's no yeah. no way the North Country could play once a week at various bars in D.C. or even once a week at the same place in D.C. Yeah, I don't I don't it. <laughs> For what we're doing, I don't know how that would work. Yeah. I don't know how that would work. Uh, which is not just to say that it wouldn't work, but I don't I don't know how it would work. Yeah. I mean, I, um, cause I, it, it gets into, like, are the fans there? Yeah. Like, are, are people, like, is DC really a music town? And that's an open question. Yeah. It's um, a music f- fan town. It's a music fan town. It yeah. is. Uh, and that's, it's, that's Bob's fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... But but is it actually a, a a music town? Yeah, it surely was when you had like Go Go. Yeah, uh, but that's again that's a very different thing. You, you talked about like uh, art forms that were just about dancing and stuff. Right. That's that's Go Go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna put on. You're not gonna find a classic like that Go Go song is impeccably you know put together. Sure. You know, it's just like oh that, that's just the jam. So it, yeah, it's 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 different levels of complexity. For maybe a not so complex audience, and that's a, mm-hmm. something I think about a lot because um, I feel we are a small town, mm-hmm. and I feel like the, in a bigger town, it's easy to support that. Yeah, in, in New York, right? Like, I wouldn't be asking that question. Right. Be like, right. But here, it's a it's, it feels like we should be able to. There's enough money, right? Uh, but like, I just don't know what's not clicking. Yeah, I'm I'm at the point now where honestly I feel like whatever the mechanism is that's going to take the North Country to the next step, yeah, is not going to be in DC. Okay. Um and I've spent a lot of time looking for it in DC. Yeah. And I don't know that it's it's here. And that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it it may very well be here for for some bands. Uh I don't think it's which is not to say that I have any intention of leaving, but I, right, right, you right. Know, I have I have every intention of touring, yeah, as much as I can. I'm doing a solo tour on the West Coast uh, end of February. Oh shit! So. Is you in a synth? Nice, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice, yeah. So when you play those shows on the West Coast, like yeah. who shows up? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my first time out there. But so when you play those shows in like Austin, yeah, or something like who shows up? Like people, the, people is, show up. People they, show. I mean, if you, it's like a lot of it is how you book it. They like, should show up because they sure. should listen to your music and yeah, be like, yeah. "Fuck, this is rad." Honestly, the biggest factor is who else is on the bill, and and that's okay. like the onus then is on you to book bands that will bring bring people out, and you know, and then there's like a you can form a reciprocal relationship where when they come to town, you then hook them up with yeah. You know, so and which is which is one of the the cool how, things that, with bathtub, and, that, and that's how like the house show scene totally has run for generations. Totally, that's just totally. how it is. Like totally. you, you make friends, and then somebody gets exactly. lifted up, and then you just you keep exactly. it, you keep it going. Exactly, and, and that's why it's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's super important. Um, if yeah, I don't know why I just had this picture of you like jamming. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the synth and like three people there in like Denton, Texas. Oh yeah, uh, and I think you'd be fine with it. 
Well, I wouldn't be fine with it. Well, but <laughs> I've been in, I've played shows like that. Yeah. And honestly, like, you know, obviously more people is better, but um, I'd gladly take 10 people paying attention to yeah. 50 people where 40 of them are watching well, a football game. And I think we said that, like, you made a conscious decision to just do this. Yeah. Which is bold. Yeah. That's yeah. that's not, I mean, and, that, that, I, and to be I, fair, I believe I, that's what it takes. Yeah. And, and, it's, and I think you will testify. Yeah. It's not easy. No, no. But, I mean, I there's no other thing I could be doing. Right. It's it's like, you know, you could view it as, you know, a courageous act, but it's also like, like I couldn't, if I were in any other, in any other line of work, I would just be completely dysfunctional and miserable. Well, and, and you'd be thinking about this. Yeah, exactly. Like, you'd so, just be honestly thinking about that yeah. all the time. I mean, we, we do uh, talk a lot about how uh, music is a job. Yeah. And also, to be fair, I am... I teach guitar lessons. Yes, yes, so, yeah, yeah. It's fair, and, yeah. and so music is a job. But yeah. there is uh, in in and it's a smaller segment, but there is a segment of of artists and musicians who think that like they make the one thing, and then all of a sudden they don't have to do the other thing. Right, right, right. And and it is always regardless of what art you're making, whether it's like music or a podcast or anything. Yeah, you have to you have to support you. <laughs> Totally, and if one isn't yeah. doing it, then like the then you aren't yeah. there yet with that. Yeah. That's and that's all that means. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. It's just it means okay, that's not there yet. I need yeah. to keep fighting. Sure. And sure. what happens is the people who I think really commit to it and understand that they end up doing something with it. Yeah. And sometimes it can take ten years. Like how long sure. have you been doing this? Uh, the first let's see, it's twenty eighteen. So North Country has been a band for about seven years. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. It has. It is. <laughs> it's a long it's time. It's a long time. It's a long time. But it's also been wonderful. Yeah. It's also been wonderful. Yeah, for sure. You've got to uh, meet people like Sean Barna. Then I, I want to talk a little bit about this now. Because here's the thing. Our friend Sean is is very much like you. He is, he is so committed to... Yeah, music. Yeah, uh, he, he is. and he's he's uh, outside of music. He's just a brilliant dude. Yeah, a special guy. Yeah, real and, special guy. And uh, and he made an album, and it was like n- nobody knew what to do with it. Right. And right. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> stuff, but but you and a few other people took up took up the uh, flag and went on tour with them. <laughs> that is correct. And yes, I did. And came back and and. <laughs> Somebody mentioned it, and then I think I talked to you at the show, like on the way back from the bathroom, <laughs> and you were like, "Because look, that God, that was my fa- that was my favorite show that that year." Uh huh. Seeing all you guys who I know are busting your ass, yeah, supporting each other, right? Was this the Songbird show? Yes, this is the Songbird show. Yeah, was my favorite show of the year, like oh, hands cool. down. And um, <laughs> he's up there playing himself. I'm like, what happened there? And you're just like, uh, "What happened on some ranch or something?" It was like a day before, two days yeah, before. Yeah. You're just like. Oh, we just did too much acid. <laughs> right. I, was like, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, Sean yeah. did acid." You're like, "Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh did. no." Uh, but right, right but right. seeing all you guys, it, it felt it made sense because the way I know you did a tour, and I know people gel on tours. Yeah, but the way you had gelled at that show mm. was it was powerful. 
Cool. You cool. guys, you guys knew what Sean needed. Yeah. And Sean knew what he could get out of you guys. Yeah. And that's like that's on that's just all you need in a great band. Well, I'm glad that that was your impression. Of, yeah. Of that show. Yeah. <laughs> because, it, was. it was. Okay. Cool. It, it was Good. absolutely. I mean, and it was fantastic. It was just like, holy yeah. shit! This is, this is how songs by Sean Barner are supposed to be delivered. Cool. Cool. Um, Good. So you guys crushed it. Cool. And, and that wasn't even your project. So. But you talk with him a lot about it. Yeah, and I actually really enjoyed. Uh, I had a lot of fun on that tour, and yeah. I it was definitely nice to be not the front man. Yeah, and uh, just just play, and, you know exactly that, and figure out what uh, what the song needed, and and serve specifically that. Yeah, I mean it was great. Did that did being a front man like is that something? Outside the music, like, what do you consider a good frontman? Because you are a good frontman. Thank you. Uh, but, like, and, and I know you put a lot of thought into it. I mean, sure. you put a lot of thought into everything. So sure. it's like. Yeah. Too much thought. Yeah. Too much yeah, thought. yeah. <laughs> but, but like, so what to you makes that, when well, you go out, you have to give a performance. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. and if you see you guys, that's what you do. Sure. Sure. Well, I think, um, I, as, as the, the front person for the North Country, um uh i see myself as the uh almost the liaison between the audience and the band yeah um so like my like when i'm when i was playing guitar for sean like my focus was the song whereas if if i'm singing my focus should be needs to be the audience yeah um and I think, uh, and I think my focus needs to be in my vocal performance more than anything else. Okay. Um, and I think that for a while, uh, I went through periods where I was trying to like bend myself into a psychological pretzel to get myself into the state sure. that I thought would be ideal for yeah, performing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I kind of came to the conclusion that that was like a dead end. And now like what I'm, what I seek to do is just like, think as little as possible and just like go up and enjoy myself yeah and i think that works so so much better <laughs> like it's crazy how much better that works if i'm just if i'm just like you think that's because of the synth no i think it's it's like if i'm well rehearsed and i know the songs yeah i don't need to think about anything and like right. the thinking is going to be an impediment to the songs if i'm just like if i just like remove all the excess bullshit in my mind and I'm just there like in the moment with the people there. And if yeah. I'm having a good time, the audience is going to have a good time. Yeah. If I'm up there in my head thinking about like, well, what are they thinking and what am I thinking and all this bullshit? Like, you know, people are going to be less engaged. Um, it's, I, you know, for, for the longest time it was like, difficult for me to enjoy the shows and now i i'm kind of like it's imperative that i enjoy the shows i think so it's it's imperative for because, the audience because if you decide if you get to a point where they're like you got to play 200 shows a year yeah if you don't enjoy that yeah you're toast no, totally, that's it totally it's done and not even for me but like for the audience for like the, the audience yeah like the audience is not going to enjoy it if i'm not enjoying it yeah the yeah. audience is not going to believe it if i don't believe it yeah, you know? a good example of that, and I hate to say this, uh, uh, and maybe it'll get better, is Sturgill Simpson. Mm. And I don't even think he doesn't enjoy, I think he enjoys the shows. Yeah. But the shows went from being, like, 
super engaged to the point where it's just boring. And you're hearing oh, this great music, yeah. right? Are you? Refer- Did you see that DAR show? No, I didn't. I I saw that and I thought that was incredible. You thought it was great? Okay, I loved it. See, I I, I didn't see. I saw him uh, at like nine thirty. So so oh, I saw him back. I saw him back at like when he was playing in the Gypsy Sallies. Oh wow! Right? And then and then he stepped up uh, to play. Uh, where did he play next? Berkner, mm-hmm. right? And it was that jump to the larger venues. Yeah. And so by the time he gets to someplace like Dar, right. like I'm I'm not gonna go see him because I'm just like and look, you know, I love the dude. There's a there was a poster somewhere around here. Mm-hmm. Uh but um uh, but yeah, it was very it it became weird. Like it became as an audience member, and a lot of people have noted that that they they're not really sure what's going on because mm. that connection isn't being made. Interesting. But for some people it is. Which is fine. I, I thought it was yeah. killer. Yeah. It was like crazy like his band was so oh, good. his band's sick it was it was like i was shocked at how good it like three songs in they they played this like like 15 minute medley of like country classics right, right. where they're like jamming it out i'm like oh shit it's like this <laughs> holy shit well may, i mean may, maybe maybe like that altered yeah I mean, maybe i need to like dive back in and give him another shot here yeah, did you see the his snl performance Yes, that, that was, was fire. That was so that was good. fire, dude. That uh, and that's what I didn't understand. Yeah, like yeah. that was fire. But yeah. it was like, like when that's it goes what to, the show was like when I saw. Okay, it. okay. It, and it was like it was so refreshing to see someone just like I'm gonna fucking give everything, you know. Okay. In that like one song when he's like throwing the guitar, yeah, I thought that was so good. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, the keyboardist is like standing on the keyboard, rocking right. back and forth. Right. I mean, so he, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He has this, and any band, any artist has this potential to like do that, and that's yeah. that's what you should do. Yeah. At the same time, that's honestly impossible to do every show. Sure, sure, to varying degrees. So I mean, I'll cop to it. maybe I just saw some bad shows. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. And you know, it, like I don't deny that someone could have. I'm sure there were people at that DAR show who were like, this is, this is not boring. Yeah, you it's know, like it's all subjective. Miffy, so. let's go off over here. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the new band. Uh, mm. Actually, let's talk about something else uh, you do that uh, I, have, I have never talked with you about. Uh, Church Night. Yeah. These guys that you are uh, sort of associated with that have uh, exploded a little. Yeah. Right? They're doing great. So so who, who else is involved in this? Uh, so, so Church Night is... Landon Letzkus as Reverend Steve Dor Maybelline Bidet Esquire, uh, Lindsay Deming as uh, Youth Minister Kathy Piata, and <laughs> Jeremy Frank as uh, Altered Boy Randy St. Owens Jr. Their their commitment to hot dogs is yeah. fa- is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, How did you fall in with these guys? Oh God, I knew Lindsay from a while back. Our first, so our first album release show. Um, way back. Oh God, it must have been twenty twelve. I guess it was in twenty twelve mm-hmm. at Black Cat. Um, was with Sweetbread Gems, which was her band, and then Sweetbread Gems uh broke up, and she was like, "I'm gonna try to make a fake church service comedy variety show." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, cool, whatever." And then it was like, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" Yeah, and. Uh, and so I met Landon and Jeremy through that. And, you know, they're some of my closest friends. 
And they so, and, and you and you have starred in videos now. Yeah, and Landon has starred as your manager in <laughs> your videos. <laughs> yes, I mean it's a it's a whole incestuous thing yeah, in totally. the DC scene. But yeah, totally. it, it's amazing to see they regularly sell out the Black Cat when they play yep. there. Yeah, uh, I think they went out to the L.A. and and sold out a bunch of shit. Yeah, in they, like New uh, York. Yeah, they regularly perform in uh, L.A. and and New York. Yeah, and it just came up over like the course. I'm sure it was stewing for a lot longer, but it seemed like over the course of like two years, it was like. Oh, there's this that like a few people know about. So, yeah. like, holy fuck, this is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you you've have you played music on that too? Yeah, right? we've I've played music. You uh, played characters though, also, right? I've played characters. <laughs> I've played. Uh, uh, oh, what was the? Uh, I played a professor. Yeah. Myers, something Myers. <laughs> I played a which was like me doing a Carl Sagan impression, and yeah. then I did a. I and uh, Reverend Bidet, his backstory is he used to be in a metal band called Garland of Entrails, and I, <laughs> <laughs> and I played uh, I played Thor Weinstein, his bass player. Excellent. And Leia was the drummer, Little Bo Creep. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Where's that album? Oh man, there has to be an album. There's... That. Oh god, we actually recorded some stuff, and it. <laughs> yes! Yes! Is it coming out? I hope so. Oh I'm like God. I ask Landon all the time. <laughs> it sounded pretty cool. He and he actually wrote the songs, and they're like they're rocking. Yeah, <laughs> they're like rocking metal songs. See, about, like, <laughs> and that's why the whole bathtub thing in that that side of like creatives in DC is great because a lot of people wouldn't think they're like I'm a musician. I'm not gonna. It's like. No, we're going to do this dumb as fuck thing yeah, and record totally. this metal album. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you have to dive into that. Yeah, Have you totally. done, have you, I mean, and, and look, uh, I've seen the video. Yeah. You're not a good actor, Amy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 I mean, have you, have you actually, like, done any acting? Have, were you in theater as a kid? No, or no, 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 no. So this was just like, do you want to do it? And you're like, yeah. I've, uh, I've always loved comedy. Okay. And I, and I think they're hilarious. And yeah, they are. It's just, it's so fun to do. To be involved in any any capacity with them. Yeah, so. I actually want to get them down here sometime, even though it's not oh, yeah. music. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, because it is, uh, I mean, it's it's not music, but it's rock and roll, man. For sure. It's fucking, uh, it kicks ass. That's a great way to put it. Um, but let's, let's uh, as we start to sort of wind this down, let's talk about the new band. Yeah. Uh, I was bummed because I'm bad at calendars. And I thought yeah. you were playing tomorrow. Yeah. You're not. It's next no, week. I'll be fair. there next week. But, All right, cool. <laughs> but, um. This new band, yeah, uh, sort of breaks out from your adventures in synth, right, and and yeah. brings more into it because I've seen pictures, and, and so describe what's going on here. Yeah, so, um, so essentially, what happened was uh, we were playing uh, me, Austin, Laurel, and Leia, and Leia, uh, Leia left, yeah, and. And so I asked my friend uh, Kirk and Joel, who play in this band called My Son Bison mm -hmm. uh, in Philly, uh, if they would be interested. And they were, and so now they're now they're in the band, and it's it's been it's been great. It's been really it's been really fun. It's and they're you know they're they're both just like incredible musicians and they're they're based in philly right yeah they're based yeah, in philly see? they're um like crazy good 
like jazz trained musicians who are kind of nice delving into kind of more modern more modern forms but it's been it's been really good and tour was a blast with them and we're like working on a lot of new stuff that's been really exciting and everyone in the band has been as is like real jazzed about what we're working on now so it's been it's been a lot of fun are are you heading are you heading to the studio we just finished recording a new single with this lineup and interesting yeah it's currently being mixed and uh, the christmas single was just you though right that was just me yeah yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you uh yeah i mean so when you when you guys got in the studio yeah like because you haven't necessarily played that many gigs with these guys no i so i actually played uh i played in a band with kirk in college oh shit i actually met kirk uh, my sophomore I see. year of college. So this is this is like sort of some destiny rearranging. Here. I think perhaps, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so me and Kirk go go way way back, and uh, I've been and I actually met Joel in college too, but we never really played music together until this last year. And you know, but we but we've gotten closer over the years. Uh, you know, touring up in Philly and yeah. then coming down here, and it's it's been a lot of fun working with them. So, you go record a song. You know, you got a gig at Gypsy Sally's, mm-hmm. which is gonna be out after that. Uh, is it just tour, tour, tour? Get new material. Make the maybe make the road album. Like how the road's yeah. fucking hard, the road's fucking tough. Yeah, like that album, or, or like what, what? What's next? Well, what's next is uh, is uh, yeah. I mean, it's like you tour, make an album, tour, make an album. Like, what else is there? That's the whole. I, I don't I, know. I think that's the whole thing. I think that's. I mean, that's all that I. That's all. That's really all that I'm like. That's all I'm interested in doing is. Uh, I mean, you know, there are some other like divert, you know, uh, divergent things like playing playing in church night, but yeah, you know, tour in the summer, make an album. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm interested in doing for sure. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, and I mean, I can't. I'll say I literally because I've missed you playing so many times. Yeah, I literally cannot wait to see this new lineup. Yeah, you're gonna like it. You're yeah, gonna like I, it. I hope so because. Yeah. Uh, and I said this at the top, but it really was a shift um, with uh, in defense of cosmic altruism. Sure, sure. From being what the fuck is this right. to just <laughs> to just sitting sitting upstairs, uh, which sometimes you need to come over and listen to an album upstairs because mm. the system is. But uh, to sitting upstairs and listening to it with nobody in the house, just me and the cats, and just completely falling in love with it and being like, "Wow." This is this is some heavy cool. heavy shit, and this is some great work. Cool, and it's and glad you came around. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think you're doing the work that like great artists do. Thank you. Where not everything is a home run, and not yeah. everything has to be. No, sure, but fair enough. But everything is there to be like you should basically pay attention to that artist forever. Yeah, and just yeah. see see what happens. Yeah, because it'll be a good trip. Yeah, you know, I'm like uh, the artist that I really uh, feel an affinity for artists like Tom Waits or yeah. Bowie where they just crank out albums yeah. like one every year or so. Yeah. And it's like, like uh, that's what four I'm, bad songs on it. Who cares? Yeah. Just go. That's what I'm just trying to do. Do like, it, man. I feel like I'm just getting started. Do it, man. That's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out. We got we to make totally. sure it's not like a couple years next time. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, you should come back to talk about uh, Pablo Honey. Oh, interesting. I, okay, I, cool. I I gave you. I think at a show I said anything, any album you want to talk about, right. we'll we'll build the panel around mm-hmm. you doing that. But okay. we're doing Pablo Honey. 
All right. So, all right. so come back. There'll be food. There'll be beer. There'll obviously be cats. Yeah, yeah. But, cool. uh, but thanks so much for hanging out, dude. It was great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Andrew for coming to hang out for a little while, uh, catch up and talk about uh, not just the North Country, where they've been, uh, but where they're going. I, I could not be more uh, thrilled for his success uh, and future success because, uh, you know, this is a guy, He's he, like I said, he's a lifer. He's in it, and, and he's going to, I think, I think he's going to, quote unquote, make it. Uh, it's just a matter of time before the rest of the world sees uh, how this guy's sort of particular genius works, and when they do, man, it's gonna it's gonna take off. Uh, before we get out of here this week, uh, I want to give you an example of that how this particular genius works. In case you didn't do your homework, uh, you know, in defense of cosmic altruism, like we said, was a uh, it was it was sort of an experiment in his mind, an experiment that uh, either worked or didn't work depending on your liking. I think it did. And one of the reasons I did uh, think that it worked is because of a song called E-Meditation Forever and Ever. It is not on the new EP that he just released that's based on the track Order, uh, but this is a very simple uh, sonic build into uh, what can be best described as just a meditation. And uh, it's right there in the title. I mean, but it is it's a fantastic piece of music. So I'm going to play a little bit of that for you right now. So here you go. Uh, North Country off In Defense of Cosmic Altruism, E-Meditation Forever and Ever.
you should be feeling mighty fucking zen right about now. Um, little Beach Boys, a little drone, little... Man, it's just fucking... It's tight. I listen to that song a lot. <laughs> a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's it's easily one of the best songs on their last album. And, you know, a little point pointing in the direction of where they're going to go with stuff. I've heard some of the, the new stuff performed live. We saw them. We, you heard us talking about the show Gypsy Sally's here in Washington, D.C. Went and saw them, and it was fantastic. New lineup is great. Uh, they're they're trying some new things, and it, as always, it's just exciting. And that's that's the main thing about the North Country. They're just exciting. And uh, a lot of that comes from Andrew being so dedicated to it. So uh, that is our podcast for this Monday. If you liked what you heard, you can uh, tune in to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe there uh, using just the Apple Podcast app. You can also listen to us on Google Mixplay, Stitcher, uh, Mixcloud, sorry, Google Mixplay, uh, Mixcloud, uh, also now on Spotify. So you could go right now and listen to the North Country albums that are right on Spotify, and then you can listen to us talk about it all within the Spotify app. It's kind of rad. And that is actually because of another rad thing, which is our podcast host, Pippa. If you go to pippa.io and you have a great idea, they're going to help you get it out into the world. Well, you, you got to get your own mics. You got to get your own setup. Uh, we can give you advice on that. E- email us at podcast at chunkyglasses.com. I'll be happy to uh, talk to anybody who's who thinks they want to get into the podcasting game. But the point is, is once you have your idea, once you have your stuff, you need to get it out to people. And uh, you, can, you can pay a small fee every month, upload it, and then all of a sudden it's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, it's on... It's on everything, and it's out there, and you are hopefully contributing uh, to the betterment of the world uh, through your storytelling. And uh, so, so big thanks to them. We switched over to them last year, and they have been continuing to be just amazing. Also, as usual, huge thanks to Jamal Gray. He, he is working up at Uptown Art House, uh, really, really deep in the D.C. creative scene, doing some great work. But the music you're hearing right now is made uh, by him two years ago now, I think little EP put out called Aquatic uh, Gardener or under the name Aquatic Gardener and it's a it's a nice little EP made of found sounds and all that uh, links always in the show notes and it's chill and it's awesome and uh, if you really really like what you hear and you're like I have money that I want to throw at you guys you can do that too go over to Patreon uh, slash Chunky Glasses there's a link in the show notes and uh, support us and that money We'll go to supporting our all-volunteer team, uh, including our people out doing the live coverage, Matt Condon, Mauricio Castro, and Avery Junius, all out there every night doing it uh, for love of the craft, really. And uh, and then maybe, you know, a few upgrades, maybe some mics in here. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take everybody on a, on a vacation if you give us enough. If somebody wants to give us, like, 10 grand, I will take the entire crew on a vacation to Coachella. How about that? We'll all go to Coachella. Or not. Uh, yeah, so that's it. We're out of here. Tune in on Thursday when uh, this has been a long time coming, guys, but we're finally get to talk about Van Halen. My friend Casey Ray stopped by, my friend Marcus Dowling stopped by to talk about Van Halen 1 on its anniversary, and uh, shit got wild, is what I'm saying. It was a veritable eruption of conversation. So... Uh, tune into that. Uh, so we'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon.
<laughs> 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 Kenobi.